As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, who better to lead the way than our own Luke Bogacki? Check out This Is Bracket Racing Elite today. In addition, today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality new or used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your host, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki, and the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Big Jed, what's up, buddy? Oh, Luke, just uh, recovering from our first uh, kickball doubleheader last night of the new season. Um, How'd that go? We're one and one. Um, beat the first team and lost in uh, extra innings to the second team. A pretty devastating loss there. It was last year's champion that we, we could have got some revenge on, but come up a little short. But uh, other than that, you know, getting over a weekend of racing. and whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, obviously, kickball is a team game, but all I'm really concerned about, and I think I probably echo the sentiments of our, of our listening base, how's Jed Maddox looking? Are we a Cy Young candidate? How, how'd we do? Well, uh, Luke, I, I'm sad to report that I gave up the mound last night. Oh. Uh, I am uh, now the, I guess, Bill Buckner of <laughs> kickball. I, I, I played a pretty poor first base last night for our team. 
We're playing uh, the last year's number one. We were playing a, a team prior to that that's really fast and young. So we decided to go with our harder pitcher, our maybe our John Smoltz or whomever. But and he did a great job. He he held them to very few runs. We just didn't defend well enough to win. So right now I'm undefeated. Okay, yeah. zero and zero. And <laughs> what's up with you, bud? Recovering a little bit from my Bowling Green weekend, and man, I'm at the big go. I, I'm, the the weather is oh, beautiful, wow. the atmosphere is electric, and I'm excited about Indy. I'll, I'll talk about Indy a little bit later in the show. I know you were at uh, at Huntsville racing over the weekend, so I want to get a race report from you. My wife and I were at Bowling Green for the NHRA Division Three event, probably my favorite facility. I love going to Beach Bend Park, but I had a pretty forgettable weekend. Just for all of the people, and don't take this the wrong way, because I realize that I basically get to do for a living what most of our listeners do for fun. So it's hard to complain a whole lot. But Mm -hmm. on the weekend at Bowling Green, like, okay, go race for a living. It'll be fun, right? Go take three cars. It'll be awesome, right? Absolutely. I'm I'm basically, I mean, my wife and and, and our four-year-old are with me, but as far as working on the cars, setting things up. I'm kind of a one-man show with the racetrack, which is Mm -hmm. by choice for the most part. But in our three days at Bowling Green, I changed a third member, center section. I changed a power glide transmission, and I've fixed a (laughs) cylinder head where the rocker stand bolt stripped out of it, like ripped the threads out of it. So, like, I kind of didn't stop for three days. And in the midst of that, like, that's all fine and well. I lost first round of super gas i'm still struggling with my corvette my wife pulled the rocker stud out of the head first round of super comp so that was a loser i did get rolling a little bit and my k&n filters super comp dragster got down to six cars felt real good about it ran into a punk kid named tyler bohannon that uh, mm. laid me down two total in the quarterfinals oh i was not getting past that really um, hard to beat yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'll be completely honest yet, I'm not even trying to beat two total, like that's not my goal. So that didn't work out for me, uh, Tyler went on to win, we'll talk about him a little bit more later. But when all of that was said and done, I loaded my whole traveling circus up after basically just working for three straight days, it felt like. Left the racetrack at about nine o'clock on Sunday evening. Uh, had to be in Dayton, Ohio at 8 o'clock the next morning to trade out RVs. The one that we had was sold. So doped up pretty good on, on cappuccino and Mountain Dew. I arrived at the lot at Racing RVs at about 3 in the morning. So doped up on said cappuccino and said Mountain Dew that I could not get to sleep. Like was pretty wound up at that point. So my eyes finally closed around 5 a.m up at eight to swap out motorhomes and and send that new customer on their way back to las mm. vegas with the motorhome so yeah it was it, the sunday night monday morning was kind of a rough day now last night i crashed i'm in a great mood now life is good weather is awesome i'm at the big go i can't be upset about anything but uh, that was my weekend for what it's worth what happened at huntsville awesome what a difference a day makes <laughs> huntsville was um, again great weather Quite a bit cooler than the DRR series the week prior and good crowd for TT and Angie Jones there at Huntsville Dragway for the prices, right? It was a, a five and a couple of 20s. We'll get to those results here coming up in just a little bit. My weekend wasn't very good. Had a third round exit on Saturday. Didn't get to make Friday's race. Real job got in the way. Uh, had a second round exit on Sunday and I was back home by about 3.30 Sunday afternoon, resting and relaxing, 
thinking what could have been, but uh, let go really good, uh, probably as good as I've done in quite a while, and just really struggling with consistency on the car. But uh, you know, I've I've reached out to a couple of folks. I think it's going to help me and get it straightened out, and hopefully have a better performance here coming up with uh, with the Great American Bracket Race uh, coming up real soon. I need to get her fine tuned. But my weekend was fun, but uh, come up a little short of expectation on the track. But Luke, before we move forward with the rest of the show, do do want to make sure that we address concerns that everybody has for what's going on in the Houston and Galveston area. Devastating what uh, Hurricane Harvey has done. Thoughts and prayers out to everyone that, that was in Harvey's path and definitely can't imagine it. Living Not living in a, a coastal area, I can't imagine what they're going through. We'll have Galen Rollison on in a little while. He's uh, Galen's a guy that helps put on the Great American Bracket Race, and he lives on the coast, the Gulf Coast, so he'll be able to shed a little light on what people's going through, I'm sure. But for me personally, just can't imagine it, and it seems like it's hanging around so long out there and creating such devastation. So, again, thoughts and prayers out to everybody, and just want to send out a challenge to the racing community. Everybody listening to this podcast, just do whatever you can to help. If it's a dollar, if it's a case of water, if it's effort you know, by hand to go down and, and help with things, if you're in the area, whatever, just reaching out to everybody to help as much as you can because those folks need it bad. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you, Jed, just seeing the little bit that I have basically through social media and from some of our racing friends down in the Houston area. Man, I can only imagine. And, um, yeah, I'm with you. That the uh, the more that we can challenge everybody to help in, in whatever way you can and whatever way you're comfortable. The, those people down there are going through it right now. So I like to say hearts out to them and, um, and definitely let anybody know in that area. I'm sure that at this point, listening to a podcast is the last thing on your agenda. But uh, we do want to let you guys know that we are thinking about you. Yeah, for sure. Jed, on a little bit lighter note, this is just one of my like riding down the road thinking was it, it was last week. It's been since our last show that the Powerball Lotto reached like epic proportions. And yes. there was one single winner, the way that I understand it, like 750 some odd million dollars. Yes, that is correct. That winner come from Watertown, Connecticut, I believe. And she took the cash option, you said, like half of that? She did. She took the cash option, which was after everything, she got $336 million, Luke. And she's 53 years old, and her name is Mavis. So I guess uh, no offense to anybody listening out there, but not a lot of folks naming their little girl Mavis anymore. So Mavis probably got back at some folks that maybe picked at her over the years. <laughs> and uh, she got back at them big time, 336 to the good. Is it a worthwhile trade, Jed? Like, I mean, would you go through 53 years of being called Mavis? <laughs> you darn right I would. <laughs> I've been through 46 of being called a lot worse than Mavis. So, <laughs> yes, I would trade it in a minute. $336 million, Luke. I, I mean, how would it change your life? I, that, well, that it was changed a lot of people's lives. Of the conversation that I was having in my head, and I wanted to ask you, like, I guess the, the question is, if money is no longer any concern or any type of motivating factor like how would your life change like could you imagine i can't it would change quite a bit but yet in the same breath it wouldn't change a whole lot uh you know it wouldn't 
I don't think it would change who I am. I wouldn't eat at fancier restaurants or travel to exotic places that I've never been. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't just don't look forward to those things or hope for those things. I would change a lot of people's lives around me, a lot of people that I care about and that I know care about me. And I'd have some really nice crap, okay? I mean, I, I would, I would have, uh, you know, just a little bit of land that I got here in Colburg would be a lot nicer and a lot better laid out. And my stacker and racing RVs, uh, toter home, and all those things would be, you know, the nicest stuff they make. But, uh, you know, I don't think it would change me a lot. It wouldn't make me do a lot of things that I don't do today. I don't desire to do a lot. About yourself. Yeah, no, it, it makes me think of, uh, I think it was a Tim Ferriss quote that's something to the effect of, uh, money doesn't change you, it just shows everyone who you are when you no longer have to be nice. <laughs> um, but no, I, I as I was kind of going down this, this rabbit hole mentally and thinking about this, like, and see if you can follow along here, because I am, like, by no means rich, by, like, probably 95% of the world's definition of rich. But per my own like expectations of my life, like I'm way ahead of where I ever thought I'd be. Okay. Uh, It wasn't 10 years ago that my only financial concern was like having enough money to enter the next race the next weekend. You know what I mean? Like it's amazing how things have progressed. So my thought process really over the last couple of years has been more along the lines of, what do you really get joy out of more so than not that, you know, I mean, it's not like I could stop working a day and be set for life. I still have to make money, but it's, I'm ahead of where I ever thought I'd be. So money's not like a huge concern, like it probably sure. used to be. So, but now my perception of like quote unquote richness is not $336 million. Right? <laughs> um, so obviously that's a little bit different ball game. That's a little bit different perspective, but I, I still think along the same way, like, I don't know that I would do a whole lot different in life. Like you said, I, I, I would probably ramp up some of the things that I'm doing. I would definitely get more involved in, in helping people just on a, on a larger scale than I'm able to right now. Like I would still do this is bracket racing elite. I think I would still want to do this podcast just because I enjoy it. And most of the (laughs) the things that I'm involved with are not necessarily while at times, I guess there's financial incentive. Like I take joy out of what I do because for the most part, like I feel like I'm helping people in at least in some small way. And I don't know that that would really change. So that's not to say yeah. like my life's perfect. I'm three hundred thirty-six million dollars, whatever. Like I would be very happy to get that, but I don't. I'm with you. I don't know that it would fundamentally change who I am. I'd like to think that it wouldn't, at least. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I, I, it would it make me feel a lot better and a lot more comfortable, but not much more past that. I don't think. Uh, back to the racetrack, Big Jed. Fairly <laughs> big weekend. I, I, I guess, um, in over the course of the season, this is. Uh, one of the, the less goings on weekends, I guess that's typical week leading up to a holiday. But we do mm-hmm. have NHRA Lucas Oil Drag Race Series results from Bowling Green, where I was at, and the Division One event in Virginia. We have bracket racing results from Huntsville, where you were at, as well as Rocky Mountain Raceway out in Salt Lake City, Utah. We'll talk about the upcoming Great American Bracket Race and the All-State Challenge with co-promoter of the event, Galen Rollison. So we've got a lot going on, but... As per usual, Jed, let's start off by telling everybody who's hot. 
He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Seabird Performance Who's Hot. Seabird Performance specializes in performance engine building for every aspect of sportsman drag racing. Bracket racing, NHRA sportsman categories, heads-up categories, nitrous, turbo, and blower. Learn more at SeabirdPerformance.com. This week's Who's Hot, we could have gone a couple of different directions with this, as per usual, but this week we, we got together and the consensus is Andy Small. Andy Small just dominated the bottom ball portion at the summer send-off event at Rocky Mountain Raceways in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yes. My understanding is that he had a good weekend overall, but on Saturday, he didn't lose a round. And that was a good day not to lose a round. I believe yes. things started off with the No Electronics Ultimate Gambler, which was a $250 entry, I believe a 32-car shootout. Winner, Andy Schmall, defeated Carl Martin in the final round, came back later that same day in the regular $5,000 to win No Electronics main event. Once again, Andy Schmall to the victory over Jeff Devy. Though on the strength of those performances, Andy also won the King of the Sendoff, which is essentially the weekend points championship, which earned him a Springfling Million entry for the 2018 million, as well as a host of other prizes. So we will cover that particular event more in depth as we go. But uh, our Who's Hot this week, again, presented by Siebert Performance, goes to Andy Schmall. Yeah, Logan, Andy winning the King of the Sendoff was something he's done now three of the last four years. So, I mean, the guy shows up to the summer sendoff and gets it done. And two 5Ks on the bottom in the same day is a pretty darn special day. So, great job and congratulations, Andy Schmall, for being the Siebert Performance Who's Hot. A couple other guys showed out, too, over the weekend. They've been hot as well, uh, Luke, but... Went to Andy this week, but a special shout out to Phil Smita and Chris Northrup. Both of those guys had uh, great weekends. I know Phil's been on fire, and he's always on fire. So, yeah, this shout out a, to those guys. Well, this was a tough call because, as you mentioned, Smita um, got the win in Super Street at the Bowling Green Division Race over the weekend, and that caps the last month. There's been three NHRA Division Three events, and well, I say that there's been four. But over the course of those four, between the two races at Indy, Columbus, and Bowling Green, Phil Smita, I believe, has two wins and a runner-up in the 1090 class. So very impressive. And as you mentioned, Chris Northrup at Salt Lake City, similar results to Andy. Just came up one round short of running the table himself on Saturday, was runner-up in the Super Pro Ultimate Gambler, then came back and won the $10,000 main event. So shouts to him as well. Big Jed divisional event in Bowling Green over the weekend. That's where I was at. You want me to talk about that? Absolutely. You were there, and um, man, you you had a memorable weekend. Sounds like I always have a memorable weekend at Bowling Green. It's fun. <laughs> it's uh, if you get sick of racing, you just go to the amusement park, ride roller coasters. You, you don't get don't better. Sound than too that. bad. <laughs> no, no. In contrast to a year ago, we had Chamber of Commerce weather in Bowling Green. Last year, it's actually, this is becoming a, an alarming trend for me. Last year, I changed motors at that event. At least I didn't have to do mm. that this year. But last year, when my father-in-law and I changed motors, we liked to die. It was hot. Miserable hot. Yes, um, and it just kind of set the tone for a bad weekend. At least this year, uh, again, I didn't really stop working, but the weather was fantastic. Um, On-track results, 
top dragster probably had the biggest uh, implications on NHRA championship points as any class at any event over the weekend. Uh, win went to JB Strasweg over Lynn Ellison. Both of those guys are in the fight, in the hunt for the national championship. Um, I think to this point, Lynn still has the best looking score and extended his points lead, but um, JB is right up there in the hunt and obviously a head to head win, uh, helps him out. So those two guys, good friends, um, both in the yeah. hunt for the national championship and that capped a, a pretty wild weekend for Lynn Ellison. Did you hear about any of this, Jed? I did not. I know the pirate's been on fire lately, but wh what was the weekend? <laughs> Lynn rolled in there, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because I'm getting a lot of this information secondhand at the racetrack. Plus I, I read his Facebook post, but it was one of those where I wasn't paying as much attention as I probably should have. But here's what I think went down. Um, and, and if I'm wrong, maybe we'll come back next show and correct it. But I believe that Lynn had motors in both cars. He, he and his daughter both compete in top dragster. Um, had mm -hmm. motors in both cars, freshened up for this event and end of season run. So, uh, come into the race, ready to go. And in warm up, I think they had already qualified. I think they had one session Friday. So this must've been Saturday morning warm up. Um, Lynn's got his car up on stands, warming it up and it makes this awful screeching sound shuts off. And Lynn, Ooh. like most of us would, Oh my God, I've spun a bearing. This isn't good. And apparently they went to NHRA officials and said, well, I just, we want to, uh, you know, untech or unqualify both cars so that I can swap cars. And they said, no, you can't do that. You, you, you've made a qualifying run. You have to run the car that you qualified in. Okay. Well, here's what we have to do. We have to take the motor out of Madison's car, put it in Lynn's car. Okay. So that's, that's yeah. a pretty big undertaking in, in, to begin with. Now, thankfully sure. for Lynn, he's got Brian Horton at his side. If, if I got to do something crazy like that, like Brian Horton's the guy I want on it, right? Chief of the year. So they get all of this switched out. This is actually coming from Brian. The way that things were wired and plumbed up on, on the two cars, it was not an easy change. They actually ended up taking the intake manifold and fogger off of the motor that was in Lynn's car and then putting it on Madison's motor that was oh. going in Lynn's car because the plumbing just wasn't going to be possible the other way. Um, so a lot more went into that than a typical motor swap. Well, at some point, and, and I hate to like, throw these guys under the bus over this because I could see myself doing this exact same thing. But at some point during this swap, they realize that, oh, I think maybe they had to take the vacuum pump off of the motor to put on the other motor. And they realized that once they took the vacuum pump off, like the motor freed up, the vacuum pump was. Oh off. no. So oh, no. they get Madison's, or I'm sorry, Lynn's car running with the motor out of Madison's car. And at that point they're like, well, heck there's nothing wrong with that other motor. Let's put it in Madison's car so she can race. So they basically do the same thing all over again. So now the, I, I don't believe that either one of them got a time run or a qualifying run with the opposite motors. So they basically went into first round blind. Both won first round. Uh, I think Madison lost second or third round. Lynn goes all the way to the final after all of that. So And they wow. had a banner weekend because not only did Lynn run her up in top dragster, Madison run her up in super comp. So after all that, it looks like all of the work paid off. And if Lynn ends up getting to go to California at the end of the year and host the World Championship Wally, I expect this thrash to be part of his acceptance speech. So that would oh, be it have one. to be. Um as I mentioned, uh, Super Comp, Madison was runner-up to Tyler Bohannon. Um, Tupac, yeah. Tyler, he of the uh, – of the. can you hear that in the background? I hear a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'm at the big go, and somebody is throttle-tuning beside me. All right. Um, Sweet. 
<laughs> Tyler, he of the 2000s package and the Super Comp Wally. Great job, Tyler Bohannon. Top sportsman saw Jimmy Fallon. Not that Jimmy Fallon. Take out <laughs> Keenan Dinkle. Uh, Rusty Cook, Team Ohio Crankshaft, got the Super Gas win over Ryan Bolin. Uh, that was also uh, another Ryan was a racer that made me a victim. Uh, first round of Super Gas. So I guess uh, while mm. I didn't have any success at Bowling Green, the road to the final definitely went through me. We actually went through our team because uh, Jessica's lost first round to Tyler Bohannon as well. So uh, Tyler wow. was a was a one man Bogacki wrecking crew. And, Run a muck on the, yes, the Bogacki. Really did. I'm gonna have to talk with that boy. Um, <laughs> Super Street, as we mentioned earlier, red hot. Phil Smyta got the win over our buddy uh, Jeremy Jensen. Jeremy was driving the Mister Satellite oh, Corvette in uh, in Super Street. A runner-up finish to Smita. Super stock was Tyler Kahili. Kahili put on a show down there. He was very impressive in victory. Uh, got the final round win over Jeff Colvert. And stock saw Gene Monahan take out Joseph Martins. Uh, if I remember correctly, I was loading up, listening to the stock semifinal. The semifinal had Monahan, who I believe is a Division One racer, had Larry Gilly from Division Seven. And Joseph Martins from Division Three, all converging uh, at the middle of the country at Bowling Green. That's something that we get used to at Bowling Green and in Indy, just because so many people yeah. come from so far. Uh, but it's always neat when it comes together like that. Getting tuned up for the the big go. The big go. Uh, Luke, there was another divisional uh, series event, Lucas Oil Race at uh, Virginia Motorsports Park, and this was um, their first race which i guess was a rain delayed conclusion um yeah i believe this that, event was originally scheduled for april and if i'm not mistaken they got like all qualifying in and nothing else and closed the fields um so obviously if several people that can't come back no one new can enter uh the result looked like a fairly short round race for everything i, th- I think everything that i looked at was like a five round race um and completed all in one day i believe i think they gave them a time shot and ran this all off on saturday if i'm not mistaken yeah, so, and top dragster uh, Scott Lucan got the win over Clayton Roberts. Clayton been hot in either there or top sportsman category, so Clayton having another good outing. Uh, top sportsman Sandy Wilkins, and I know, I mean, you didn't put it in the notes, or Mark didn't put it in the notes, but we're all sick of hearing about Team Luke, but uh, Sandy with another big win there over George Forster. I don't even Forster. take credit for my top sportsman wins in Team Luke. Ain't nobody beating Barker. It's over. That's all yeah. Team Luke. Yeah, even your, even your guys that are losing are winning. So it's uh, you got a very stout team. Well, there. In this case, my guy that's winning is kind of losing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Did I lose uh, anybody there? Super comp, <laughs> super comp was uh, Amanda Boisesco over Richard Bernier. Um, super gas was Jason Kinney. I'm not very familiar with the winter circle there over David Anspach. Sounds good. Uh, super, super street was Brian Sawyer. Brian hot right now. Yeah, he's another candidate for a Who's Hot Award this week. That's uh, his third big super street win of the year. Second in, what, two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. He's on fire. and Got the win over Martin Ganjoin. Uh, super stock was Marty Reinhardt Jr. Yes, uh, Gold Rush representative over Jerry Hatch. Marty having a good year as well. That's mm-hmm. a couple of wins for him lately. And stock was Jack Matthias over Jeremy Holmes. So good to see Jack getting back in the winner's circle. He's a, he's a guy that's won a lot in the stock category. Good to see that getting done. Yeah, no question. Luke, um, it's, it's rare. I'm looking over we, the list. 
I'm sorry. Uh, that's. I think we're going in the same direction here. It's it's rare that we uh, look back on an event and make a big deal about it, anybody except the winners. Like we usually just like to highlight the good stuff. Um, yeah. But when you're having the kind of season that John LaBoose Jr. is having, him not winning is a story. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately for him, um, this as we've been over before, this was his seventh divisional event of the season. He has just one uh, divisional event remaining, and he's, his national ledger is full. So following Virginia, he has just one event remaining to uh, attempt to improve his scores, which are currently in the lead in both Super Comp and Super Gas, although as we've talked about in recent weeks, um, he's gonna, he's got some serious threats in both classes coming up. Um not only did, did John LaBouche not win in Virginia, he failed to improve in either car. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I believe he lost second round of Super Gas, third round of Super Comp. And again, while anybody else that lost second round of one class and third round of the other, we would not be talking about um, just for the position that he's in and the season that he's had. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about John LaBouche and not being able to improve here. And again, like if he doesn't win another round in anything all season. This has been an incredible run. Not going to take anything away from him. But I think it's very possible that if he does not improve at his last divisional event, which I'm going to assume will be at Englishtown next weekend, but I don't know that. Um, I don't think, I certainly don't think his score will hold up in Super Comp. Um, without adding to what he's got now. Uh, it's possible. I mean, it's leading right now, and there's no guarantees that anyone will pass him. And I don't think that, as we talked about last week, like I don't think that Labus can feel comfortable with either score, even though they're massive scores. Like He's hovering right around 650 in both cars, and as we, I've talked about before, 650 is supposed to win. Historically, 650 wins. I don't know if it'll win either class this year. So mm. huge um, divisional coming up wherever he goes for his last one after, um, I don't want to call his weekend at Virginia a failure, but failing to improve on his, on his lofty score. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's still going to be a challenge, but um, it's going to be hard to beat for the guys behind him too. So it, it's going to be very exciting to see how it shakes out. So we'll move forward with some bracket racing results now, Luke. Uh, Huntsville Dragway had uh, what they call the, is the Price is Right, which was a really cool event that TT and Angie Jones put on. By the way, Huntsville Dragway is a place to race, man. If you like racing for big money in brackets, holy smokes. So it just seems like almost every week there it's crazy big. But, yeah, I could um, make an argument for just building a shop on the premises and leaving all my junk there. Like every other week. Unbelievable. Something huge. Funny you say that. We talked about it this weekend. We just need to put a shop out there in the field and just store <laughs> your stuff, motorhome and all. But, um, another good event there. Uh, started out Friday with a 5K where Sean Langdon, yes, that's Sean Langdon, uh, got in some bracket racing prior to the big go. And he got the win over Kevin Smith for 5K there. So Sean started out his weekend very well. Um, by the way, at the DRR series, I don't know if you noticed it, but all the winners were parked all over us. I mean, yeah, we, everybody we that won was that. right there. Okay. So I'm right next door. Sean stayed with bones. So I'm right next door to him. Sean cracks him for 5k Saturday's 20k is Tyler Roach, Tyler, uh, great friends with Brian Robinson, which you are very aware of. And he got to win over Danny Weaver, which was really cool to see Danny and Papa French. If you remember back from our 
uh, last big thing was uh, Randy French was the runner-up. Well, Randy is the crew chief and grandfather for Danny Weaver, and he led him to a runner-up in the 20K. Tyler Roach parked two spots over from Langdon and right by us. Sounds uh, like it just B- moved in the wrong direction for you, did? It did go in the wrong direction. Brian Robinson uh, actually semied in that event. So uh, the winners, again, all around me. And Sunday's 20K was Brandon Taylor getting a win over Alan Wickle. Brandon was parked two spots the other way from me. Wickle was parked directly across the street from me. So um, I'm, I'm just missing my parking spot by just a little bit. <laughs> But I'm so close. I just need to park right. They say you need to pull in the lanes right. I just got to get in the right parking space in the pits, and I'm I'm on the cusp of doing something huge. It's huge. Uh, it's funny that uh, I I saw uh, Sunday morning. I think that Tyler had won the Saturday twenty grander. It was literally um, just over a week ago. Brian Robinson told me I think it was in the fifty grander at the DRR race. Tyler was going into fourth, fifth, sixth round, something like that. And Brian pulled me aside and said, "That kid is a win waiting to happen. He's going to win one of these big ones. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be today, but he's driving awesome and he's due." And here, a week removed from that, Tyler's holding the check for twenty grand. So way to go, Tyler Roach. Good call. And they actually got paired. Tyler took Brian out in the semis. Uh, they they paired on the ladder there. So. Um, uh, yeah, he, Brian was right. And Tyler performed extremely well. And like I said, another great event. I had some junior dragsters there too. Uh, I should have gotten those winners listed out, but, uh, another great program there at Huntsville. Um, we'll move across country now and talk about Salt Lake city. The uh, Rocky mountain race send off. Yeah. The summer send off at Rocky mountain raceway, which, uh, Mike Eames and the folks out at Rocky mountain raceway, uh, doing a wonderful job again this year, having great events and the summer send-off they've had for several years now. And Mike knows how to run a program and look like from what I saw through social media, everybody had a wonderful time out there, Luke, on uh, on the weekend. Yeah, uh, Action on Track started off Friday's Five Grander with a familiar name, guy that we just talked about a week or two ago. Um, Trevor Harkema continuing his fantastic season out in that part of the country. He got the five thousand mm. Super Pro win over your buddy. Mm. You my boy Blue. <laughs> Runner up that beats nothing, but doggone it, I would have liked to see Blue get that Trevor's on fire. Blue Hayball, uh I don't know if Blue listens to the podcast. I think I owe Blue an apology. Like I think I failed to return a phone call from Blue and it's been like months ago. I'm awful at returning phone calls. That just oh, made wow. me think about that. Sorry, Blue. That's unacceptable, Luke. I have to fix that. that but Blue's a top 10 name every time he's on the card, for sure. Uh, the no, elect- no electronics portion of Friday's event saw Dave Deming knock out Josh Sims in the final. David Deming, a guy that uh, performs extremely well in that part of the country, cracked me in uh, the shopping cart at the first um, spring fling at uh, Vegas. Got to know David a little bit. The Deming family, wonderful guys. Well, listeners and, uh, not familiar, Jed. What was the shopping cart? <laughs> the shopping <laughs> cart, I, forgive me, Victo. I think it's a 1973 240Z or a 280Z with the top cut off of it and a roll bar that's about maybe a foot, foot and a half taller than it should be. <laughs> and it's the cutest little thing you ever seen. My buddy Victo... Let me shoe it at the first spring fling. It's an awesome little car, famous on the West Coast. 
and um, David got the better of me when we paired up. Uh, just flat out drove me, and but uh, it's a really cool car. If those of you who are friends with Victo on Facebook or whatever or in like real life, you know what I'm talking about. It's awesome ride, <laughs> really awesome. I, I I talk about the roll cage, and I shouldn't even mention this because we we don't have time for it. But I took my blinder with me that first year as I'm hitting the bottom. So I get out there and, you know, I'm like, whoo, yeah, boy, it's roll bar. It's, this baby's a little tall right here, but I don't know if I'm supposed to do a gymnastics routine or if I'm driving this thing. But nonetheless, I crawl off in there and race it. I clip my blinder on that I have in the Nova. And when I clipped it on the, the top roll this bar. like a the sun tre- visor. <laughs> the tree was under it. <laughs> oh, I either need to get taller or just do away with this thing. One of the two. So I had to do away with it and just hope for the best. <laughs> No offense, Vic, though. I love you, and I love the shopping cart. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, Luke. <laughs> uh, Saturday action at Rocky Mountain Raceway. Uh, I believe action got started with the two Ultimate Gamblers. We, you touched on those earlier, but uh, Super Pro Ultimate Gambler, $500 entry fee. Uh, I believe 100% payback. Win went to, to Dan, Dan Lafferty. Lafferty with the win over Chris Northup. Again, uh, Chris that we talked about earlier in the show. And the Noe side of that Ultimate Gambler, again, $250 entry. I believe it was five grand to win. Saw Andy Schmall, this week's Siebert Performance, who's hot winner, uh, knock off Carl Martin in the final round. Yeah, and uh, Super Pro 10K on Saturday, I guess, was the, the main event. And the aforementioned Chris Northup got the win there, as we talked about earlier, and uh, got the win over Parker Theobald, which both of those guys always seem to perform big time on the big stages out there on the West Coast. So. Chris, uh, like you said, he was a, a, a shout out in the Seabrook performance. Who's hot? And then the actual who's hot? Andy Small getting that no E five K win over Jeff Devy, and that wrapped up Saturday's action. Yeah, and then Sunday the event came to a close. Five thousand dollars to win Super Pro. Uh, friend of the show, former guest, mm-hmm. podcast bump, Chris hey. Redfield. Whitfield with the $5,000 victory over a buddy of mine, David Meyer. Uh, David driving up to Utah from Northern California. So congrats to both those guys. Uh, no electronics finale for the weekend, $2,500 to win. Winner's check went home with Cody Weber, who also defeated Carl Martin. Martin, if you remember, was the runner-up in the Ultimate Gambler on the no electronics side to Andy Schmall. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, Andy walked away with not only the two $5,000 wins off the bottom but also the king of the send-off title uh for most rounds won throughout the course of the weekend and that got him a lucrative uh, and exciting prize package to take back to idaho is that where andy resides these days i believe it is which we know from the the spring fling million idaho is no joke full of talented racers and shout out again to my buddy mike eames out there manages rocky mountain raceway a uh, guy that uh, knows what great racing's all about, and he's got a great facility and, and puts on really cool events for his supporters out there. So, great job, Mike, once again. All right, guys, joining us now is a guy that I've known for a long time. He puts on tremendous races. He is the promoter of the BTE King of the Coast series, which is a very popular racing series down in Gulfport, Mississippi. And he is half of the promotion team for the Great American Bracket Race and the All-State Challenge. Really, really happy to have 
Galen Rollison on the phone with us today. Galen, how you doing, bud? Man, I'm great, guys. How y'all doing? Couldn't be better. Yeah, doing great, man. Thanks for coming on with us. I look forward to it, you know, um, being able to get on the phone and, and talk to you guys, uh, you know, is always a big thing. And just to give everybody a disclaimer, I'm from the Deep South, so when y'all, when y'all keep hearing y'all, just uh, hit the office. Uh, <laughs> They're man. used to it by now. Yeah, if they ain't used to it by now, they've tuned out. So. <laughs> that's right <laughs> so galen you uh got a lot going on man with the king of the coast which looks like you're, you're having another great year there got a lot of great supporters down there on the coast but the great american bracket race coming up in the all-state challenge take a few minutes just to tell us a little bit about that particular race the history of it you know how long you guys have been doing it and obviously now with the all-state challenge coming up pretty pretty amazing what you and Britt have taken on and accomplished. It's going to be really exciting. Well, I appreciate that, Jed. Well, I mean, as far as the Great American Bracket Race, and the Mosier Great American Bracket Race, it um, it started back in 2007, I think it was. I came with the Britt and said, Britt, you know, I want, to, I want to do a bigger bracket race. And me and Britt had been friends up to that point, and, you know, went to Britt and said, okay, let's do it. And um, we did the first annual Great American Bracket Race we did it for the first few years down in um, down, down, down Donaldsonville. And just a few years ago, we moved it to Memphis. It's basically been just a, a three-day bracket race with the main event being a, a $50,000 race. And this year, we uh, got the blessing from you guys to, you know, to take what y'all did and apply it to the track. And, man, we are super excited. It's really done well as far as the interest in it. And uh, we are just super excited to see how this is going to play out very cool there's a lot going on next weekend at the great american bracket race between the all-state challenge and everything that 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 goes along with the typical great american race let's break it up for a minute and just talk first about the great american bracket race portion of it which is basically the same event that you as you said you've been putting on for several years but for our listeners that aren't as familiar with this tell us a little bit about the daily purses and and all of the fun stuff that you've got going on along with it sure we tweaked it a little bit from from, from the past but we'll be done the past this year the great american bracket race um minus the all-state stuff as you were talking about um, Thursday will be the, the American Race Car Shootout. We typically did that on a, a Saturday night, but with everything going on, we'll start Thursday with our testing tune, and we'll have the American Race Car Shootout. Friday and Sunday will be uh, will be the uh, two 10-granders. And also um, uh, Friday morning, we have the out-the-gate race. And with the out-the-gate race, is any, you know, that's the first class we'll call Friday morning, the 16 races in the out-the-gate race. It's basically an out-the-gate type of ghost race. You know, I'm they looking at the, the flyer round. right now, Galen, and I thought, you know, he, he should say out-of-the-gate race. But if the flyer says out-the-gate race, I, I, I like it. It's the out-the-gate race. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, it's out-the-gate. We should have called it the out-the-gate ghost race because all you're getting is your 60-foot and your reaction time for the whole for the, for that for those four rounds. That now, should be really fun. Out, you, can, you can come back and get and we did it last year, and uh, Cody Harder won it. And he, after the race, he said, man, that was fun. I said, well, it should have been. You won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always and, uh, fun when you win. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So that's always a little fun little deal because it, it truly going to that deal. It's, it's truly a gambler's type race. You still have no idea what to, what to put on the car. You just put a number on it and let go of the button and hope for the best. 
Yeah, and, I mean, uh, so then we'll get into the time trials for the 10K on um, on Friday in traditional. Then we have the uh, King of Memphis race Friday night after all that's done, and the King of Memphis race, which um, is a ten thousand dollar to win race. It's thirty two car field. It's been full for a long time. We have a list of about ten alternates, and they race for ten thousand dollars. And the cool thing this year is Mutt Music of Longview, Texas has stepped up, and they will be given a customized Red American Bracket Race guitar. And what we were going to do to kind of maybe to put a fish touch on it, everybody that's in that King of Memphis race, they're going to sign that guitar, and whoever wins that race gets the guitar as a trophy, and everybody's taking control there. So just trying to be a little bit different, and it just seemed like a cool idea so we roll with it that is awesome i will work the final round split if i get there to where the runner gets the money i just want the guitar that sounds awesome <laughs> really cool prize it does man you know and i think it's cool because especially these last couple of years not just me but even jed and even you luke and other promoters they have put they have put an emphasis on a trophy and i think that matters because you know, you can win all the money in the world, but at the end of the day, that trophy's still going to be in that mantle in 20, 30 years from now. The money's gone, and that's kind of where we're going with it. We want it to be a memory. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Sound like you're well on your way. Saturday yep. brings the $50,000 main event. This has always been the, the staple of the, the Great American Bracket Race. I know that this year you'll have some intrigue going on because the All-State Finals will also be on Saturday. But for right now, again, let's just talk about that $50,000 main event. Basically, it's a $50,000 race. It pays, like I said, pays $50,000 to win. What we've done this year, if you win third round, you get money. If you win third round, you're going to the pay window. We'll probably get started with one-time trial on Saturday, then we'll roll right into it. And this year... With all the classes we're running, we have the bottom bulb portion to where the bottom bulbers will run separate the top bulbers, and the lone person that comes out of the bottom bulb will merge in with the top bulb guys, and they will also earn $2,000 uh, $2, bonus from winning the bottom bulb portion. Oh, wow. But, uh, that's as part of the 50 grander? Yeah, so, yes, that's part of the 50 grander. So they'll run separate, and they'll have their own buy runs and everything else. So that one, the one that comes out of that deal will merge into the uh, – into the top bowl, which should put them around, I'm thinking, fifth, sixth, somewhere in that area. So they should be getting pretty close or not already at a point where they, they could probably get themselves in the split. Exactly. That's typically, you know, there's usually, there's usually, there's usually, yeah, really cool. Yeah, usually that, that's, that, usually that split is probably right around the 17 car mark, somewhere, somewhere around that area traditionally. So well, if they can get to that point, earn that 2000 get to that point, usually, you know, they're going to go home in the positive. Yeah, definitely we'll go home with a positive. Galen, you guys, when you look at the flyer and we know everything that's happening with the, the Great American Bracket Race, you really busy schedule. But I know having talked to you and Britt myself and, and seen your Facebook Live stuff, I mean, you guys have a, a really well laid out plan for how you want to accomplish all of the racing that's going to need to be done. We feel we do. Uh, like I said, we're going to release uh, Saturday yes as far as the uh, line item by line item listing of what we're going to do Friday. Because Friday's going to be our busiest day because, you know, we'll be running the, uh, the 10K portion of the Great American Bracket Race Weekend. And, of course, we'll be running uh, the first uh, all but the semifinals and finals of All-State Challenge. So we've got a lot to do on Friday, and we feel like we've got a pretty good plan in place. And we're going to release that Saturday, and uh, we're going to... Uh, 
let the cards uh, fall how they may. We're going to work hard for everybody, and uh, we're just really excited about it. Yeah, you guys have definitely put on a great race like you always do. Galen, we'll wrap things up here shortly, but I know talking to you off air, you live on the Gulf Coast, and you've you've been through some fairly devastating stuff uh, in the eye of the storm. I know you had some thoughts on what's going on right now in Houston, Galveston area. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, Jay, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, man, that just breaks my heart to see them folks over there to go through that because it isn't good. Those folks are trying to stay alive, and I know personally what they're going through and what they're going to have to go through because, I mean, I, for me and my family and all my other friends and family on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, we went, we, we experienced Katrina firsthand, the aftermath of it, and it isn't fun. Nothing good comes out of it. And, I, man, I think about those folks over there because we all have friends and family over there. Luke's from Texas, so, I mean, I'm sure he knows a boatload of sure. people over there. Yeah. And I hate it, man. It breaks my heart to see everything that you, that you see over there because it isn't fun because after when this storm moves on and people start to rebuild, there's going to be scars and they're going to be there for a long, long time because yeah. you just don't go away. It, 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 it changes your mentality on how you look at life also. You, you take a step back and you start thinking, man, what's really important here? Because you literally see your life flash between your, uh, right in front of you because you really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, going with, because going without power for two or three weeks, um, having only be able to buy twenty dollars worth of gas at the gas pump because it's being rationed, it is. I mean, it it makes you take a step back after you get through it, and you're wondering how in the world did we get through that. I really feel bad for those folks. So I think about them every day, and I know everybody else that's um, in the United States. I hope they think about this, think about them, and you know, if you can go help out, that'd be great because they're going to need it for a long time. Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the show and, and challenged, you know, the racing community to do everything you can. I, I know that it's going to take a tremendous effort from a lot of people, and, and we we certainly appreciate your thoughts on it, uh, having lived through it yourself more than once. And uh, we're definitely wishing them the best. This is the loaded question type stuff, but tell us why a racer listening right now that's that's still making the decision to come to the Moser Great American Bracket Race, why do they want to be there? Well, well, for the first reason why they want to be there is because when they show up the gate, they're going to know that they're appreciated. They're going to be appreciated for being there. Either me or Britt will shake their hand at one point in time and let them know that uh, we want them there. Because I've always said this to my King of the Coast route, my King of the Coast crowd, and I extend this to the Great American Race crowd. It isn't no different than a racer going to Walmart and spending $650 and coming to the Great American Bracket Race and paying $650. You're paying for a service, and it's our jobs to make sure we give you the best possible service ever. It's quite simply, if we don't do that, they'll go somewhere else and get that service, and we don't want that. And that's just the nuts and bolts of it. I think that outlook is very refreshing and for racers that have never been to one of your events or one of your and Brits events I can attest that you absolutely that that resonates that comes through you feel appreciated I I'm one personally I've this is the ninth annual correct I've been to eight like I hadn't missed one yet uh, from Bell Road to Memphis <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite events on the calendar but 
as you and I both know, like this year's got an even more exciting feel to it, mainly because of the Allstate inclusion within the event. So we've talked a lot about the basis of the Great American Bracket Race, but how fired up are you? Because I know we are. We've been talking about it for nine months about this Allstate runoff. For me personally? To be able to meet Dan Blanchard in person is freaking awesome, man. <laughs> I've never met this guy, man. I, I'm looking forward just to shake this guy's hand. He's a legend, man. And to be able to see all these great racers race against one another, that's just cool, man. I mean, why would you want to be able to see that or experience that firsthand? I mean, when you yeah. race in that race and watch it, man, any, everybody in that feels good. So it's, I mean, it's going to be a crapshoot. And it's, I mean, I mean, you got Luke in it. I mean, You've got Troy Williams Jr., you got Gary Williams, you got AJ Ash, you got Tommy Flynn. It don't stop. No, I mean, the, that's the kind of the, the side effect of the Allstate race. Like your $50,000 race on Saturday may have like the most amazing collection of talent accomplishments, however you want to put it, that's you've ever had it. Anyone's ever had it one facility mm-hmm. at one time. You know what I mean? Like that's a pretty neat deal. It is a pretty neat deal, and just the, I mean, just the atmosphere of it, I, I can't wait, because just Britt called me yesterday and said that, you know, his son Cole was in Bowling Green, so that's all everybody was talking about was the Memphis and Allstate Challenge, the Great American Racing Race, and well, that's good. I mean, for me, personally, just to meet some of these guys I've never met personally. I've never met Tommy Phillips, personally. I've never met, I'll, I'm 99% sure I've never met Matt Driscoll per, in, in person. Mm-hmm. I've never met Brian and Nick Falk in person. Now, I hope they can make it, they, you know. I've never met those guys, and I can't wait to meet them, just to shake their hand and say, hey, nice to meet you, and thank you for coming to the race. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's going to be such a cool atmosphere because you know the group of racers that is basically at just about every $50,000 race, and I know the group of racers Mm -hmm. that is at every U.S. Nationals. You know what I mean? But to basically combine all of those into one, you know, at least at at the – I don't want to say the top, but you I mean you've got a pretty eclectic elite group of racers competing in the Allstate. Just to have all of that at one facility with all that's going on, like it is, it's going to be a very special atmosphere. I know you teased a little bit that you guys will release the the detailed schedule for Friday this weekend, but give us an idea. I know yes, that Allstate's got a couple of time trials, and we run two or three rounds on Friday, correct? Yes, we will do two. We'll do a time. We'll do we'll do a time trial. For the uh, All Star All State Challenge for the uh, top bulb dragster, top bulb door car, utility, and bottom bulb, they'll all get one time trial. Now your stock super stock, your eight ninety, and your utility guys and gals, they'll get two shots down the track. We've advertised on the fly that there'll be two time trials for everybody, but we'll put that release out Saturday. Be prepared. Other than the three classes we talked about, to only get one because this is blowing up way more than we thought we would. So we don't want to give anybody those prizes. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then, um, as you said, run through a couple of rounds, three rounds of the Allstate at some point Friday, finish that up on Saturday morning for those, what, semifinals and finals? Yes, yes sir. Yes, well, yeah, Lucas, we'll do. We'll run all but the semifinals and finals of the Allstate Challenge on Friday. Then we'll get up Saturday morning, and uh, we will call a time trial for the 50 grand. We'll run the first 40 pair as it listed on the flyer. Then we'll get into the semifinals and finals of the All-State Challenge. With no time trials for those guys, correct? 
No, no, no time trial for the whoever's left in the All State Challenge. No time trial. They'll yeah. come up for the semifinals. I really like that aspect of it because I think if you're going to crown a winner of something this prestigious and this elite, I agree there needs to be a blind round in there because I think that that requires a little bit different skill set, and I I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. So yeah, I do too. I'm looking forward to the utility class too because those racers they're not going to know what they're doing until they get to the staging lane. They don't know if they're going to the top, the bottom. They're racing three thirty quarter or um, <laughs> yeah, they don't, they're not going to know. Explain yeah. this just briefly for our, our listeners that may not have been paying attention. But the utility class, the way I understand it, when they get to the staging lanes, you guys are then going to determine what length a track they're running on. Could be is it eighth mile, thousand foot, or quarter? Correct. And whether or not they can leave the delay box in the car. Correct. Yep. So we'll uh, we'll we'll basically just we'll have all those options in a bag. We're going to call some, we'll have some kid and they run around the track on their bike. They're going to pull their name out. And if it says top bulb quarter mile, that's what they're doing. Everybody will do that for that round. They'll come back for the next round and we'll draw another one. And Now, that will that draw... option be eliminated for the next round then? Like to make sure that they no, basically it, do the same it, thing twice? It'll go right back in. Okay. So we, we could do it two times in a row. It depends on whatever comes out of the bag. That's going to be so much fun to watch. If I didn't have... If Chad Isley didn't live in the state of Illinois, that's what I'd be running, just because it sounds like the most fun. But I ain't, I ain't yeah, doing yeah. Chad out of that. <laughs> and what I like the most about it is the, the randomness of it. You guys are not handpicking a, a category for them. So, you know, because it, it, it would fit somebody's skill set a little better than the other. So you're taking out the, the handpicking of it and just leaving it totally random so it falls where it falls. I, I think that's an awesome idea. Well, I mean, we thought so too. It's, it's different, and I'm super excited. And, and and all the classes are really stacked. But if you look at that 890 class, holy smokes! If you go down that list and see the names on that, that is an impressive list of racers that, for me, I'll ever be able to experience as far as putting on a race to have them in that particular class. I mean, I could. If you look in that 890 class, I don't know how many world championships are on on that list. It's phenomenal. Thanks, Caitlin. You're really building up my confidence. I'm I'm really <laughs> on the bright side. I, I completely agree. Whoever wins, really any of the seven classes, but I, I would single out that one and the utility as well. Like that's going to be a heck of an accomplishment and something to to put up real high on the pedestal for for any racer, regardless of what your past accolades may include. So I, I know I'm not the only one that is super fired up about it. Yeah, and also what we're doing, um, of course, if you Whoever, uh, the seven classes, they'll get the Great American uh, All-State Challenge, a uh, big check. The team will get a big check. And each class winner, what we're doing, they'll, they'll get a, a, a special Scoggins Dickey All-State Challenge plaque. And what we're going to do, we're going to take that plaque, and we're going to mount a set of boxing gloves on it, because you win that race, you have it. You run a fight if you win that race. And <laughs> everybody, in, everybody in those particular classes are going to sign those boxing gloves, and that's going to be your trophy for winning. Awesome. I love it. Really cool. I know you had alluded to it a little bit earlier, but the, the purse for the Allstate race is, is 100% payback, basically. Every entrant has put up $500. I know at this point you've got a pretty good idea how many teams you're going to have. Have you guys got kind of a, a, a purse structure that you've set out for the event? Yes. Right now we are set. Our, our, goal, our, goal, our initial goal was 24 teams. We're at 20, I think it's 26 or 27 teams. I'll confirm with Britt um, tomorrow morning, but I think we're at 26. 
And at 24, uh, we said initially it would be $10,000 to win each class. Mm -hmm. And the team champion would be right, right around the uh, $17,000, $18,000 mark and for winning the team championship. And the second place in the team championship will be, uh, will be $3,500. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. about what we're looking at. It's 100% payback, and what and the way the All State Challenge works is you get one pet to get one point for each uh, round you win for your team, and whoever has the uh, whoever has the most uh, points wins the championship. If there is a tie between two teams, it, that tie will be broken in the utility class. So whoever represents represents that team in the utility class, they'll come up there and they'll break the tie for the championship. Just a head to head runoff. Yes, if if head to head runoff, if if there's a tie at the end of it, and Two teams have 20 points. Cool. And this team, Mississippi, Team Kentucky, whoever their um, utility representatives are. We'll call team them Alabama's up. in it, we'll... just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> team Alabama is racing. You didn't mention this. But... And, uh, and uh, we'll, uh, so it'll, it'll be winner takes all right there. That's, that's, that's how I, that's why we thought that would be the coolest way to break it, through the utility class. I agree. No, that's awesome. Galen, that's super looking forward to it. I don't know if there's anything that we missed, anything that you wanted to touch on, but uh, if not, we always end our uh, interviews, so to speak, with a little rapid fire. So if you're ready for that, we'll have a little bit of fun with it. If there was anything else you wanted to mention, feel free. Just, just a couple things. We will be doing all kinds of All-State Racer interviews on Facebook during the weekend. So everybody, if you're not familiar with the Great American uh, Bracket Race, Go like it on Facebook, and we'll be doing live interviews. We'll also be live on Facebook when we do the pairings in the staging lane, so everybody can get a up close and personal view of what's uh what's happening. Cool. Don't forget, we will have Jags as our uh, lifetime and sponsor. Not lifetime, but you'll be able to go to MotormanTV.com and watch the race there. So we, you, there's a bunch of different avenues we could um we'll be going to uh, you could be able to watch the event. Of course, it'd be a failure on my part to not recognize all our sponsors. We have Jags, Racing RVs, um, we have Elite Motorsports, we have Mickey Thompson, we have uh, Jeff Magris going to be there. The list goes on. FTI and all our sponsors are on our flyers. We couldn't do it without them, and we are eternally grateful for what they've done for the Great American Bracket Race because we couldn't do it without them. And these companies that are associated with the Great American Bracket Race, you know that they're tailored to the grassroots bracket racer and and that's pretty cool yeah and i know you uh mentioned galen uh, off air that um that billy at alliance is is going to do something pretty special there too yes billy alliance in 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 light of what's going ha what's happening in the houston texas area and, and around the hurricane billy will be there at the alliance race where selling race suits and gloves and 20 percent of his sales will go directly towards the hurricane relief and that's big props yeah big props to Billy on for, for doing that he didn't have to do that he's just doing it out of goodness of his heart and uh it's cool that he's doing it and uh, i respect that and i know everybody else will so if, you, if if you're in the market for anything in your race suit or racing gloves give billy a shot super nice guy very knowledgeable and he can put you in a product that uh that best suits suit your needs yeah, no doubt. Galen, on a, on a little bit lighter note, like I say, we'll wrap this up with a little rapid fire. These are meant to be uh, quick questions, short answers, maybe one word answers, just to, I don't know, have a little bit of fun with you. Some of it's racing related, some of it's not. You ready? 
Go ahead. All right. I know, uh, I don't know that you've had much experience behind the wheel. I know your brother's been a racer for a long time, so you got a little bit of insight on both ends. What's harder, winning a big race or promoting a big race? Probably winning a big, big race, I would think. Uh, I'll disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, both of them is pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, I think winning ain't easy. I mean, it's, everybody's good. Galen, you uh, your guy takes pretty good care of himself. Would you rather be part of a good workout or part of a good race? Woo! Part of a good race. Race has been my blood since I'm 41 years yeah. old. I can. It's been my blood since uh since day one. Yeah, for those of you, obviously the podcast is not a video feed. Galen's a well built man. The, the Galen, Galen's not somebody that I really want to mess with and he's obviously <laughs> taking very good care of himself but along those lines my next question galen can you beat up slate <laughs> man them people move in are crazy man i don't know that i mean i mean those folks over there you might get them the first time but they coming back till they get you so you just need to let it lie <laughs> you know yeah wanna, yeah those folks over there they march to, to, to a different tune and i you know they 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 yeah. haul trees and gators around, so I don't want to. No, I'm good. <laughs> we seem to center these questions uh, the last couple here around your your good healthy habits, uh, but uh-huh. surely surely you have a favorite meal outside of your lean mean meal when you're in competition. So, what does Galen Rawson like to sit down and eat? Boy, I can kill a Domino's pizza. In a minute, oh, I mean, yeah. not not a slice or two. I can kill the whole pizza. It's like me and my daughter go get a pizza. It's like one for her, four for me. One for her, six for me. <laughs> <laughs> Here I was ready to hear like jambalaya, gumbo, something down there on the on the coast, and Domino's yeah. pizza. Here we um, go. <laughs> Domino's pizza, man. It's, it's right down the road. It's hot and ready, and it'll be gone before we get to the front door, guaranteed. Because I'm not. I'm only getting cheat meals once a month now because I like I think I'm crazy now because I'm I'm actually going to do my first show coming up. I'm going to step on stage and, and do a show in March, so I'm having to watch what I do. But when I do get a cheat meal, that pizza's in trouble every time. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, my last question is one that Jed asked me on our introductory podcast, and I like it so much I think I've asked it like three times, but I'll, I'll go back to it. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Yeah, you got some beautiful sunsets down there in the ocean. Sunset, because the reason I say sunset, because my wife and I, our pipe dream is always wanted to live near the beach, and we finally saved our pennies after a bunch of years, and we bought some land right off the beach, and we're building a house, and that's all we talk about is getting on our back porch and watching that sun go down, because you know what? It's, it's all the small things in life that matter. Fantastic, man. Good for you. Galen, thanks for coming on with us, brother. We will definitely be seeing you in the next week. We'll be talking about it a lot more next week as we get into the Great American Bracket Race and the Scott and Dickey All-State Challenge. But uh, again, thank you for taking some time with us. And thank you and Britt for all your work to make this little pipe dream that Jed and I started talking about nine months ago a reality. We are excited to be a part of it and can't wait for next week in Memphis. Well, thank you. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Jed. And once again, thank y'all for, there you go, like y'all again, for giving, giving us the blessing and okay to be able to do that because that just shows the character of, you, of both of you guys, and we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah.
No problem, Galen. Between the king of the coast and the great American bracket race and all the other things you do, appreciate what you do for racing. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure having you on, man. I look forward to seeing you Thank next you weekend. Y'all. Thank you, guys. Y'all take care and y'all be safe in travels. All right, bud. You've been waiting all winter long, hearing them go on and on. So all right, Luke, it's been a great show. We've talked about a lot of stuff That's in racing. probably debatable, but... <laughs> I think it's been a great show. You sure think it's been a great show? Oh, Absolutely. I think they're all great. Absolutely. Man, we're good at this. <laughs> but it's time for the final thought, the the segment that we like to call the final thought. And this has been in the past, maybe time to get on the soapbox or whatever. But today you're on the cusp of of racing in what is the mecca for sportsman racers. And that's Indy, the U.S. Nationals, the big go. You're there now. You're in, you're parked, you're ready to go. For guys like me that have lived racing all of my life since, you know, I can remember anything that has never been to the Big Go, maybe probably never will get to go to the Big Go, give us your thoughts on Indy and what it means to a guy like you to get to go race in it. Yeah, I am on the hallowed ground as we speak. I actually, we're recording this Tuesday evening. I got in and got parked around lunchtime today. And Indy is a marathon, without question. It's also, I don't know how else to say this without telling the whole story, Jed. And I've said this before, but I don't think I've ever I've ever shared it on the podcast. So if you guys will bear with me. I, I actually had a similar conversation today with Lewis Bloom and their NHRA Skype TV deal. I assume it'll be available on Twitter at some point this week. So if you follow me, like, this is probably going to be repetitive, but much like I would assume much of our listening audience up until 2012. So at that point I had been racing for years and really racing for a living for a better part of a decade. I had always avoided this event. I had avoided the U S nationals like the plague. Like it didn't, while I realized it was a big deal, it never in, held a lot of interest for me because I, I thought, like I'm sure many of our listeners think, my goodness, it is six days to run one race. It's a marathon. You're like, there's got to be better things that I can do with my Labor Day weekend. And as someone you know, that you guys know, there's typically bracket races all over the country on Labor Day where you can race three or four times for probably more money than you can win here nowadays. In 2012, I came here for the first time, basically at the request of K&N, of K&N Filters. And I was, I don't want to say dreading it, like I, I wasn't that fired up about it. And then I got here, and it's just, I don't know that I can do a good job of explaining the atmosphere and just how cool and just how much history is in this place and this event and just how neat and how special it is. It hooked me that year in 2012, and I was done. Like, I left here before they started selling hot dogs, I think. Like, I, I lost earth. <laughs> and it's still, like, it, it just resonated with me to the point that I thought, you know, I, I got to be back there. And at this point, I really can't see spending Labor Day weekend anywhere else. Like, this is a race. And we talked with Galen. Like, I'm fired up about the Great American Bracket Race. And I get fired up to go to the Million, whether it's in Montgomery or Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, And, mm-hmm. and I'm fortunate at this point. Like, I don't go to a lot of races that I don't get excited about. But I don't know that anything pegs the needle for me quite like Indy, just because of the history and just because it's so special. And what's cool about it, Jed, is if you came here and you raced and you said, okay, it's a bucket list thing. Like, I want to go do Indy one time. And you got your grade points or whatever you could get in. 
and you ran, I don't know, say you brought Big Red and ran Super Gas. If you went to another national event, like, Indy's kind of drawn out because the way that the things go, we actually will, assuming weather cooperates, and it looks like it will this weekend, we'll get four time trials, which is a lot. Um, yep. You make two on Wednesday, you make two on Thursday. So that's spread out over two days where it's not normally. But whatever, once you've got into eliminations, we'll run either two or three rounds on Friday morning. And that in itself doesn't really feel much different than a typical national event. Typically, you know, wait around a day or two, run a bunch of rounds at once. And then at that point, you know, at least 75% of the field's going home. And it doesn't feel all that different. It's if you get through that initial fist fight, that's when Indy, in my mind, really starts to become Indy. Because that all happens on Friday. Final eliminations are on Monday. So you get through that exhilaration, let's say, of winning two rounds on Friday. And then... Okay, cool. So that means you get to get up real early Saturday morning and deal with a whole new set of variables, different weather, new opponent, different racetrack, and you're 20 hours removed from your last pass. Okay, so you basically reset and start all over again. And if you're fortunate enough and you perform well enough and that wind light comes on, you get to do the same thing in about 12 hours late Saturday night. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting my days confused. You get to do the same thing in 24 hours. You'll do it all over again Sunday morning. Okay? So now you're going into fourth round, three days removed from time trials, two days removed from the first round of competition, whole new set of circumstances. If you win that one, 12 hours later, you'll come back for the night session, which if you're fortunate enough to go that round, is a complete new ball of wax. Like you hadn't been down the track at that time of day since you've been here. Plus... You're after the pros, the cookers are going in the, in the campground across the way. There's smoke in the air. Like it's just a, it's a different time than you'll ever race. A whole new set of variables, a whole new set of circumstances. And if you do all of that and you again perform to your peak potential and you get the right breaks, you get to race on Monday and racing mm-hmm. on Monday at Indy. I am fortunate in the last four years, this is crazy to say, and I'm probably going to jinx myself. The last four years, I have staged up on Monday three times. And that is wow. awesome. There is nothing, I guess the exception of like the last couple of rounds of the million, now that I've, I've been there and experienced that. It's a similar type of pressure, but it's a completely different type of pressure just because I'm telling you, this place speaks to you, particularly on Monday. And the history overwhelms you and the people in the stands. And it's not just the people in the stands. Like I remember rolling up to the ready line and like checking the throttle stop stall and looking over and seeing Tony Stewart and Mario Andretti standing there. Like that doesn't happen at any other national event. You know what I mean? It's not just that there's a bunch of eyeballs on you. Like there's some star power here and it's, and I'm telling you having the, the opportunity and I know I'm getting long winded here, but when I was growing up, most of, you know, Jed, and most of our listeners know, like I, I was part of a racing family. My dad raced for long before I was born and, and all through my youth. And at that point, my dad didn't go to any NHRA races. Like we just local bracket raced, but in his heyday, my dad, my father ran modified eliminator and, and stock and super stock. And for those guys, especially still to this day, Indy is the race. I mean, there's 180, I think, stockers entered here, 180 super stockers. It's like that every year. So my dad would make the pilgrimage from upstate New York to Indianapolis every Labor Day for I don't know how many years. And he would tell me these stories about this place as I was growing up. Like so many times, you know, your parents had those stories that just get ingrained in your head and like you could tell them better than they could. 
the indie was like that for for him and i remember stories of my father changing motors in the drive-in parking lot across the street and rebuilding a transmission in the motel bathtub because it was indie you know what i mean and all of this stuff and all the time i'm growing up listening to this thinking man that really don't sound that cool. You know, I mean, <laughs> he always said it with the biggest smile and you just thought, man, that, that this was a big deal for him. Like, I don't completely get it, but this was a big deal for him. And then, like I said, when I came here, like, I get it now. And then it was two years ago that I got through it all, not only got to race on Monday, but actually got to hold the trophy at the end of the day. And I don't know that there's been another moment in my racing career regardless whatever name the accomplishments like i don't ever remember being that overcome with emotion like when that wind light came on in that final round i just had that sense like my dad's with me and he wanted this to happen here like i spread some of my dad's ashes at this place you know what i mean like i know that's, that's awesome. how much it meant to him and yeah. i re i turned off the racetrack i'll be honest with tears in my eyes just thinking and the way that that whole race went like I'll take credit. I drove awesome. Like that whole week, I was really proud of myself. I didn't have to. Like everybody beside me screwed up. Like it was just meant to be. It was in the cards. And I just, when you're in that situation, like I couldn't help but feel like my dad had something to do with that. And for me, on obviously a more personal level, like that just hammers home. I guess maybe that's why this place is, and, and this event is special to me in particular. But I'm just telling you, I don't think you can come to Indy and escape that and just how special and how cool this event is and all the history that goes along with it, especially if you've kept up with, with racing on any level like you and I have for most of our lives. It is. It's a neat, neat experience. Yeah, awesome story. You know, I couldn't imagine staging first round at Indy, much less the final round and getting the win. So, you know, as I've done, I don't do it anymore, but for many years, I was the guy that looked at the results and went, I can do that. Those guys suck. I could win stock. I could win super stock. I could do all. Think about the schedule that Luke just gave. And could you do that? That's extremely difficult. It, it's extra challenges within the race itself. And uh, I mean, to overcome all of those things and then actually get a win at an event that's meant so much for so long. It had to truly be an amazing experience. And then, you know, adding the the fact that your dad, it meant so much to him and, you know, you felt like he was with you. That's a that's a cool story. And uh, I wish you luck again this week, bud. Hope you get to feel a very similar feeling come Monday. I wouldn't argue with that a bit. I would love to win the U.S. Nationals as a crew chief. So I think my wife is due. That would be an awesome experience as well. That would be really cool. I know I talked about Tony Stewart, Mario Andretti. Like the eyeballs that are on this deal – like, I don't know. I think you remember because we had talked about it. But last year, it was at this race. I was on the Dan Dockett show. I don't know. Yes, you if, were. If our listeners are familiar with Dan Dockett, like, if you ever watch college basketball on ESPN, like, Doc is the commentator. And he's he does a radio show based out of Indianapolis. He had me, of all people, me, Luke Bogagi, like little Luke Bogagi, not John Force, <laughs> right? Not Tony Stewart. I was on his radio show last year because I had won Indy the year before. Like, that's the tight caliber. Like that's the different audience yeah. that this specific event reaches that I don't know. I, I don't think happens anywhere else in, in sports and drag racing. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. So, all right, Jen, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up on that note. Seeing as my, my final thought turned into a final novel. 
Awesome job. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I, I assume if any of our <laughs> listeners are still listening, we will tell them that that wraps up episode 41. <laughs> Thanks, as always, to our sponsors. This is Bracket Racing Elite, Seabird Performance, Racing RVs. As always, thanks to PJ North. All of those uh, drops and tunes that you heard along the way are courtesy of PJ. You can find him on Twitter. You can find him on iTunes, which is now Apple Podcasts. I think you can still find PJ on iTunes. Sorry, I'm rambling. Yeah. Um, thanks to our assistant, Mark Romeo, for all his help, ideas for the show. If you have ideas for the show, message us on Facebook. That's the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, or contact Mark directly. Once again, as you guys know, we are coming to you every week with a new episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. You can look for that to hit your iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play on Wednesday around noontime. Boy, I was really hoping for a blooper right there, but even I got even close. when you were just like on the track, you had like you had a little nitrous. Even yeah, when you mess I, up, I sprayed right up to it there, up. didn't I? <laughs> Great job. Uh, as Luke mentioned, the outlets to uh, to find the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast for Luke and Jed are Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Go there, guys and gals, and subscribe. Real easy. Just find us there. Hit the subscribe button. And it tells you, you get the purple app on your phone. It tells you when a new Sportsman Drag Racing podcast has been released. You get it before everyone. So you get a chance to listen and and be more educated on the week's events than your friends. So therefore, you need to tell your friends. Make sure they listen to the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. Get them involved. The show's growing, and we know it's growing through you, the listener. So thank you so much. Get your track involved. We definitely want to hear... Some stories of tracks playing the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA when you got some parking time, oil downs, whatever. We think the the information that we're given each week is certainly something that your crowd would like to hear and listen to. So if you're doing that or if your track's doing that, let us know. We want to give them a shout out here on the, the podcast. And be sure to join our Facebook community. That's the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast with Luke and Jed on Facebook. And you can touch base with us on Twitter. We are social media giants. Not really. But you can find Luke at Luke Bogacki. That's B-O-G-A-C-K-I. And I am at JP11X. And we'd love to hear from you either through Facebook or Twitter. Be sure to uh, check us out. Absolutely. Thanks also to Galen Rollison for joining us on the show. If you can't be in Memphis next weekend for the Great American Bracket Race and the All-State Showdown, first off, shame on you. Try to get to Memphis, but if you can't make it, check it out on Motormania TV. It is going to be worth watching. Jed, great show, buddy. No bloopers. And uh, Awesome. We will Crushed. see you guys next week. See you guys. <laughs> Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get in it. Attitude like I am already winning. Breaking in anything, bottom ball before a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and 
surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.